So let's get a little deeper into this situation regarding, well, there's now three that are making news this week. You've got Robert Schellenberg, Michael Spavor, and Michael Kovrig, all of them uh, being discussed. Uh, Spavor's uh, due back in court sometime this week, we believe. Schellenberg was in court yesterday. Let's get the details on how we got to this point, though. We have Rachel Gilmore joining us now, who is a national online journalist with Global News. Rachel, thank you for joining us. I appreciate your time. Hey, of course, anytime. So, just so I have this right, uh, Schellenberg, arrested in 2014, was given a 15-year sentence. How did it come to suddenly be elevated to a death sentence? And we know it all happened right around the time Meng Wanzhou was arrested, right? Yeah, it happened um, basically immediately after uh, Meng Wanzhou was arrested in, I believe it was December of uh, 20. Is it 2019 now? Oh, my God. So long ago. <laughs> I, th- I think she was arrested and in very late 2018. You're right. 2018. Thank you. Yeah. And then uh, in January, so just a, just about a month later, um, Schellenberg uh, had a hastily um, rescheduled sort of, he had a little retrial that they just threw together. Yeah. And they... Um, gave him the death sentence there. So it was just, it was very suspicious timing on that part. It really seemed retaliatory. Um, and it, it was just sort of, um, it seems kind of unnecessarily cruel when someone had already, you know, kind of grappled with a sentence to now be facing death. And uh, not just that, but now have that upheld. It's uh, it's pretty much a worst-case scenario for him and his loved ones. Now, obviously, we're not going to get the details. I mean, Chinese courts are Chinese courts. We know what that's about. But was there ever a reason given for why the sentence was changed and why it was upheld yesterday? Or is we, we don't get access to that kind of information, do we? No, the, the, the Chinese courts are extremely extremely opaque. They also have a 99.99% conviction rate. So, you know, once you kind of enter that system, it's a black hole for information and you're you're not really looking at very good odds. So we don't know much about it. China has denied that there's any link between this and the Meng Wanzhou case, but, you know, they're they're also, you know, denying that in the context of favor and cobrae. So, so we know how much weight that yeah. assurance holds. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Can't so. put a lot of faith in what's going to happen in terms of any legal proceedings. Now, we know that uh, it's Spavor tomorrow, right? Or maybe tomorrow. We're, we're not 100% sure. Again, as we said, Chinese courts being what they are. But it's also, he's now going to be before the courts again, we understand. Yes, and he is going to find out whether he has been found guilty or innocent. And, you know, the, the espionage charge does, as I understand it, carry a maximum sentence of, once again, death. Right. So, you know, he's looking at he could face life in prison. It's a very serious charge. Um, and, you know, a lot of people are very worried about the lives of these two men uh, who were, you know, arbitrarily detained. And... Um, you know, may end up killed. It's it's not a, a very pleasant uh, legal system, and once you're kind of wrapped up in it, your your odds, as I mentioned before, really aren't good. So we're we're going to find out, you know, what position he's in, uh, what sentence he may have. But one thing that's a bit interesting is all of this is happening right as uh, Meng Wanzhou's case is also sort of coming to a head. You know, her lawyers are pushing; um, they were kind of making a final push against her extra 
extradition request uh, from the states. So, um, you know, that's kind of coming to a fever pitch, and now so are the fates of these Canadians. So, um, you know, Dominic Barton, the ambassador to mm-hmm. China, Canada's ambassador to China, linked that last night and said, you know, it's not really a coincidence that these are happening at the same time. So, you know, I think China's kind of signaling that perhaps were Meng Wanzhou's case to go in a positive direction and they see the outcome they want, that might be good for the fates of the Canadians. But, you know, that's not how our justice system works. You know, we have the rule of law. So right. it gets pretty dicey. Yeah, and, you know, like you say, yeah. I mean... It, it, this is the biggest coincidence in the history of coincidences if all these things just happened, you know, not being connected. I think we all understand what's going on here and, and the influence that China is exerting. Uh, you talked about the ambassador to China. I know he's trying to get into court. He has been in court and has had some consular access. What about the rest of the government? Is there nothing that can be done here? Is there any sort of pushback or comment, at least from, from the government, as to what they can do in this kind of a situation? Yeah, I mean, so there's a lot of debate over that. <laughs> um, basically, the the government's hands are tied when it comes to the Meng Wanzhou case, and that's where the um, Chinese government really wants to see pressure to be put on. They want our government to interfere with the um, judicial process, which really is contrary to all of our principles in a democratic society. Um, it, but, you know, Canada can really pressure allies, you know, get the international community on board, which they, they have actually done a pretty good job of. You're seeing lots of other ambassadors from other countries showing up um, outside the Chinese courts in support of, um, you know, Schellenberg, Kovrig's favor. So it, they can kind of go that diplomatic route, but unfortunately, China doesn't really seem to be responding to that pressure. Um, and, you know, obviously having the U.S. kind of on side and a little bit more friendly and helpful Possibly. Yeah, uh, this time around. Um, yeah, you, you have to hope. I mean, obviously, Donald Trump was sort of politicizing the Meng Wanzhou case, which really wasn't helpful as it fueled China's um, sort of argument that Canada can do something about that case. Um, but, you know, you, you kind of have to hope that the U.S. can step in and also bring out the big guns and really put that pressure on. But I don't think anyone really knows what's going to happen. Um, you really just kind of have to cross your fingers and, and hope things work out for these these poor men. Yeah, and on the um, on the Kovrig file, we don't know. He's just sort of in that Chinese legal limbo, and we'll have to wait and see. We don't know uh, anything in terms of a hearing for him or anything like that. No, I, although I will say that um, frequently in the past, as we've seen, uh, when there's a development in this Favor case, there's there's generally one uh, in the Kovrig case not too long afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, they do also have similar charges against them, so it, it's very possible that we could see sort of similar uh, developments in a similar sentence, uh, you know, over the next uh, the next short period of time. But you know, we we haven't really heard anything firm, so it's it's all a bit up in the air. And you really have to feel for their families yeah. right now because, you know, they've been separated for, you know, hundreds upon hundreds of days, you know, over well over, you know, I think it's over two years. And it, it's just devastating, you know, just knowing that they're locked up in these cells. They favor or uh, Kovrig has apparently learned how to do planks for, I believe it's something like 18 minutes because he's just sort of pacing around trying to keep fit in this tiny cell block. And it's just it's sounds torturous and you really have to think of the families right now it's it's a tough time it's horrible absolutely horrible rachel thank you so much for your time today i really appreciate it of course anytime
That is Rachel Gilmore, who is the national online journalist for Global News. And yeah, I mean, we're talking about a situation here where you have um, politicians and governments using human beings as um, political pawns with their lives in the balance. Now, uh, she mentioned... um, the defense from Meng Wanzhou that was brought up yesterday. And as she said, it centers on comments that Donald Trump made at the time of the arrest. They're saying that um, clearly it was politically motivated. And the quote from Trump, um, this was within two weeks of her being arrested. Uh, Trump said, if I think it's good for what will certainly be the largest trade deal ever made, which is a very important thing, what's good for national security, I would certainly intervene if I thought it was necessary. So their defense is, she was arrested for political purposes uh, so Trump could use it as pressure to try and influence the trade deal that he was working on with China. China immediately responded by arresting two Canadians, as you know, Michael Spavor and Michael Kovrig. They've been in jail ever since. They immediately went and changed a 15-year sentence on the drug smuggling charges for Robert Schellenberg to a death sentence. So you've got um, these Canadians now wrapped up in this dispute between China and the United States and their very lives are at risk. So we'll have to continue to monitor what goes on in Vancouver with Meng Wanzhou's case. And, you know, part of me says, you know, you, you just you get a hold of Biden and say, hey, listen, if you want to deal with this, help us out. And if you don't, we're sending her back and getting our people back. This is ridiculous. You know, we've got Canadian lives at risk. But then the understanding, of course, is, okay, then anytime Canada arrests anybody from anywhere around the world from one of these countries that doesn't follow the rule of law, the immediate response is to go and pick up a Canadian and hold them. Um, So you have to stick to the lines and say, okay, just going out and scooping a Canadian up off the street and charging them with whatever you want to charge them with doesn't mean that we're going to let the person that we've arrested go. So it's a sticky situation. I understand that. But we don't seem to have any sort of recourse. Australia is taking a beating from China right now. They've put in all kinds of sanctions. They're standing strong. They're no bigger than Canada, much smaller than Canada, but they're standing in and taking the punches. We need to have the international community come together as one and rally against this. We've talked about China so many times on this show, the influence they exert over um, education systems, over politicians, over businesses, legally like this, social media, on and on the list goes. And we continue to let it happen. And what's going on now there's no other way to describe it. It's a complete and utter fiasco. It has nothing to do with law. It's people's lives being used as political pawns in a game to try and get Wang Zhou out of jail. It's staggering, and Canadian lives are at risk. It's a horrible situation. We'll keep you up to speed. Of course, as we said, Meng Wang Zhou's court proceedings continuing in Vancouver on her extradition hearing to the United States. We'll see how that goes, and we'll update you if we hear anything about Michael Spavor. That's the next case, quote-unquote, in Chinese court.